Welcome to Drunk Watching, our weekly pop culture podcast where we sip on a little something and talk about the films and TV shows we're watching right now. I'm Brittany Danielle, and I'm a writer and pop culture junkie. And I'm Andrea Renee, a lover of pop culture, Brittany's perennial plus one, and serial traveler. I'm in my third state in three days. Yeah, she's always on the road. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Shout out to the Temptations movie. Today, we are here to talk about Insecure Season 3, Episode 6, Ready Life. This episode of Drunk Watching is brought to you by The House of 334, a creative services firm that specializes in creating beautiful brands for badass entrepreneurs. If you have copy, social media, or design needs, holler at the ladies at The House of 334 at houseof334.com or on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at House of 334. If you would like to sponsor Drunk Watching, or send us any kind of feedback about the show, you love us, you like us, you love us even more, slide into our inbox at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at drunkwatching. And finally, be sure to subscribe to Drunk Watching on your favorite podcasting platform so you know exactly when a new episode drops. We are on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and a few others. Um, so be sure to subscribe and hit us with that five-star review. All right, Andrea, you know how we get down before we start talking about the shows. So what's in your cup right now? This week, I am sipping a little Malibu rum and a little, little tropical and Coke Zero. I was like, what, what, is, <laughs> what else is in here? You would think I had the whole cup already. I almost got a brain. Brain slips so Malibu rum and Coke Zero. Okay, okay. Um, today I'm taking it back to my roots and uh, <laughs> I have some whiskey. I have whiskey <laughs> and Diet Pepsi. I know my <laughs> my roots of like last year when I started drinking whiskey. <laughs> but um, so this week I I, I got event not a really adventurous, but I bought a bottle of um Four Roses. But then you just want to do oh. typical, you know, Jack or Jameson. Although we love Jack and Jameson. Um, yes, we do. So I wanted to try. I wanted to try something else, and it was at a good price point. It wasn't like too expensive. It wasn't super cheap. So I felt like I was slightly treating myself to a good bottle of Four Roses. So if you are Malibu with no <laughs> Malibu whiskey. Uh, so if you are um, a rum maker, a whiskey maker, vodka, all the spirits, if you got spirit and you make spirit, feel mm. free to hit us up. Slide into our inbox at Hello Drunk Watching to drop us a bottle and a check. Um, so we can you can facilitate some of this some of this good fine fun that we got coming up um, in our cup. So we appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are we watching right now? I feel like this week went by so quickly and I didn't really get a chance to watch as much as I normally do, but I did catch up on Love and Hip Hop, but I feel like that's it. Did you watch anything else this week? Um, no, 
I, I, I stuck with my usual. Lots of Law and Order reruns. <laughs> oh, okay. Law and Order reruns. Um, the news. And yeah, Love and Hip Hop, Insecure. Uh, I think that's it. I didn't even get into like Fix My Life or anything like that. I was just, I was trying to catch up on a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I was super tired. So like Saturday, I know what I was, this is why I wasn't watching TV, guys. I was painting. I was recruited <laughs> to do some, man, some manual labor. I was like, what was I doing? Manual labor by my mother. Um, painting and I don't know how to paint but I watched a YouTube video and she laughed at me but then she watched the video as well so there you go got the job done I bet sister's sister's gonna work it out we did it does not look like you know you hired somebody but it it looks like you have to go back through it with the white paint and touch up the doors and the you know around the window but it it does look good it looks good. good good we did it so I was not drunk and I was not watching. I was painting this weekend. Okay. And not painting shit, clearly. No, not the fun Good kind old painting. <laughs> I, that would be more fun. Um, so love and hip hop. So last week we didn't talk about it because we talked about Bobby Brown's story. Um, so we said that we would push our love and hip hop chat to this week. Um, this last week's episode was kind of, boring we kind of talked before we started Mm -hmm. recording and they they pulled up all the people from the b team like uh monice uh jay will la britney um apple watch apple right apple watch uh (laughs) amber diamond all these people i have no clue who they are in real life um they're not even the most famous people in love and hip-hop life but they took over. We didn't see many fights, so that was disappointing because that's literally the only reason why I watched. Don't judge me. Um, so I think we should just go back and talk about Ray J, of who I'm waiting for somebody to serve up this brotherly fade. He offered to serve it up on to A1. <laughs> um, but I'm waiting for somebody to serve it up on him because after he broke up their whole pregnancy announcement and brought in safari and i mean i don't know why he thought that would be a good idea to bring this man into their couple's night fun time dinner to say that he slept with somebody else's wife but that's what he did and of course it went way left and now ray j is wondering why people don't like him at the moment yeah i think well the bottom line is we're trying to determine if Safari and Lyrica actually slept together and nobody is giving us a solid answer. Like we thought Safari gave this confession a couple of episodes ago or at the top of the season. And now we're kind of back to this. Did he, didn't he, or did she, didn't she? And it's, it's really getting old. I'm going to, you know, kind of rest on the side of either they didn't or A1 is choosing to not believe it because, you know, especially now with the baby, I just think, you know, they're trying to create this storyline to keep these people relevant. Like you said, they're they're not the most famous people in real life. And, you know, this is what 
keeping their names in people's mouths because I couldn't tell you one song from any of them, including Ray J. I'm like, has he put on any music? Like, <laughs> nobody I mean, has any music mean, out. You mean a recent song? Because I can tell you. Oh, yes, a recent song. A recent song. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. That's I ain't going to try to play Ray J like that. Yeah. I'm not going to play. One Wish. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play him out like I don't know any songs. I meant yeah, I definitely meant recently and in, in the taps to love and hip hop. I don't even I mean, does Ray J even make music anymore? I feel like he doesn't make music. He has his uh I don't know, Ray company. Situation. So I don't I don't know if music is his jam at the moment. Um I think last and season he was in the studio, but I haven't seen him do anything this I mean, season. This episode, Monice was in the studio. What does that even mean? I didn't even know she well, was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she was any kind of singer. And I know we're jumping all over the place, but it, we're we're gonna do the greatest hits for this show. Um, <laughs> I didn't know she. Well, again, nobody is a is, singer. But I think that's my point. <laughs> Yeah, everybody wants to be nobody. Was like, I'm gonna get back in the studio, and I'm like, were you ever in the studio? Because, yeah. and then why did they? Oh God, I just I can't. So everybody knows and loves Rockstar. Nobody, they don't know how petty and trifling he is because he played her out like he played old girl out. Oh yeah. When Monique was in the studio and she was doing what she was doing, um, and Brooke comes to be like, hey, girl, I'm coming to hang out. For what? Um, okay. And then Rockstar is all like shady. Her. Rockstar is all shady with with uh, dropping shade with Brooke, who, you know, apparently is a singer, but she hasn't had music in a while either. Um, mm-hmm. So she can sing. Um, and then it's just kind of like she just comes and starts, like Moni said, being shady and jacking her, jacking her studio time. But like, hey, girl, do this run. So let me do this impossible run. And you're already off key. But let me, you know, it was like a little, it was shady. It was weird. She was like outdoing her during her own studio time. And then mm-hmm. Moni's had a panic attack. And they were clowning her panic attack. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. None of y'all are actually friends. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I I felt really bad for her because I definitely know what that feels like. But then, you know, thinking about Monice is very dramatic and the situation at hand (laughs) either drove her into a panic attack uh, because, yeah, she was about to be fronted off in front of the whole world or you know, what they explained was what happened. Like, hey, let me create a diversion. <laughs> let, me, let me create a diversion right quick because I cannot sing or I'm not feeling it today or whatever. I mean, I've heard Monique sing in previous uh, seasons and she has a decent voice. Like, I don't think that, you know, she definitely is not on a book Valentine level or what's the green hair lady's name? She's not on her level. Um, but, right. Uh, she would have, I believe she has sounded better than she did in that studio session. So I don't know. I don't know. Something in the Milk Aid Queen. They probably did production, you know, could have done something, some foo-la-la 
as one of my favorite viewers would say, and, uh, you know, put her in a situation. But, yeah, they definitely were clowning and continued to record. Like, if the girl was actually suffering from a panic attack, I'm like, okay, go and get in the booth and finish the song up for me. Like, hey, make sure the girl's okay. I know. So, like, when Moni sees the episode, like, are they Mm. not going to be friends anymore? Because... Um, I don't think so. It's just shady. It's super shady. Um, off off camera, Moniz has had a lot of drama going on. Um, she filed a police report against Princess. I don't know if you saw that. That was like last week. Princess oh. allegedly threw rocks at Moniz. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. And so I think she got hit by a rock or something. So she filed a police report against Princess. That story's up on TMZ. Um, And earlier this summer, I guess before the season even started, she broke up with AD. Um, Mm. Now I don't know if they ended up getting back together, but they apparently broke up. And AD was like the most sane person in her life. So that's, that's, that's sad to hear. If I actually cared, but that was, that was um, so yeah, so it looks like her hmm. princess's drama is not over. <laughs> princess had the baby and now she's ready to roll. She's ready to fight back. Hmm. Well, she said that. She said as soon as I dropped this kid, it's going to be on and popping. And Ray J's like, no, you're going to be a mom. And I guess she's like, no, <laughs> it's going to be on and popping. Throwing rocks yeah. is like, that's serious. So you, you I mean, her. <laughs> yeah okay i'm like that's not a little thing you can really hurt somebody biblical oh, punishment mm-hmm. just raining down that old testament punishment on her um <laughs> let's see who else <laughs> <laughs> no, no, i know um who else let's see Sierra marie <laughs> oh jesus lord jesus knows my heart um, Sierra Marie, Akbar, and this whole situation, which is a mess. Um, so wait, this episode, we learned that Sierra actually went back to Akbar for some kind of brief <sighs> moment. After that whole, like, F him, and she finds out he got the two women, and the one girl tries to jump on her, and his wife tries to jump on her, she goes back to him. After this whole sex tape situation, and somehow says that, like, her ex-boyfriend, who is not him, apparently, at that time, uh, hacked her account, but she really knew or thought it was him, because then she goes through with the press conference. I mean, at this point in time, her credibility is shot. I don't know who did what Mm -hmm. to whom, but her credibility ain't looking too good at the moment. Yeah, I... I don't know. I, I, that's something else. This is like the Lyrica A1 Safari thing. I'm kind of just throwing up my hands because, first of all, we've seen this before. So it's it's hard to feel badly for Tierra Marie when in the Atlanta show, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, uh, this whole girl, Mimi, has already done this. You know, we felt like, oh my gosh, somebody's violated you. Her boyfriend at the time, you know, quote unquote, uh, lost the bag or, or something. Their bags got lost as they were traveling and 
He breaks the news to her that the tapes are missing out of the bag. She's in full theatrics, but she believes him. And then ultimately we find out that the both of them, okay, were on some Ray J, Kim K (laughs) situation trying to, you know, become famous from their sex tape. And so, oh, how convenient is this story coming around again? Much like a lot of the stories that we're seeing on Love & Hip Hop, I'm like, this is deja vu. I've been here before. And so I would hate to think Tierra Marie would do that because she's had so much bad press uh, being a part of this show for the past few years, especially with her drinking situations. Even before then, um, you know, her alleged nine-year relationship with Ray J. She's just kind of been through the ringer. And so I would hope that she didn't add this, you know, to the list of growing things that she's had to deal with. I think anybody who does that to you, they deserve that Old Testament punishment as well. <laughs> Throw the rocks. Um, but at the same time, it's almost like, hey, just, uh, I guess it's hard to tell somebody, like, don't, don't do that. But just don't do that. Like, if you're not 100% sure that you have those tapes under lock and key and nobody can get to them, just this. keep your likeness and all of your situations between you and that one person. If they need a tape to remember, like, just run it back. Do do it again. They don't need a tape. Like, uh, um, mm-mm. Yeah, no I'm not. No evidence. Um, no judgment to couples who are able to keep their sex tapes off the internet, but <laughs> I just think it's a bad idea, especially like, particularly if somebody you're not committed to, you know, long term. So if it's your wife, it's your husband, okay, maybe I'd see it better, but like somebody you're in a relationship, like her and Akbar. <laughs> turns out are not even in a relationship like her are not even he he got a wife that he's probably making sex tapes with and it's not her so like not with somebody you met less than five years ago <laughs> like don't do it don't do it sis and if you do make sure you got the passwords to all of his digital life so you can delete from the phone and the cloud account uh because things automatically upload these days it's just a mess um jesus speaking of mess uh let's see who do we want to talk about that whole jay will and la britney situation i don't know either one of these people like i said but jay will you know i understand his conflict like he has two he has an alter ego he has jay will which is regular um self and then he has Candy, which is his drag self, where he puts on wigs and pretends to be, um, I don't know, pretends to be a woman or like just a, a drag performer, a drag rapper. Is that, would that be a thing? Um, but he decides to audition for Pride and they want to see the drag rapper, which makes sense. <laughs> um, Candy right. is more fun, more upbeat, more colorful more in line with pride but jay will wants to do jay will's music which is more somber more serious which you know as a non-partisan observer it ain't it's not really what pride is about pride is fun it's upbeat it's a party nobody wants a spoken word performance right in the middle of a parade but 
he goes in there with his like super deep uh soulful performance and and all the judges are like what is happening like that was good however just what i said we want to see something fun and upbeat he gets in his feelings about that he tells the judges off basically and then he gets mad that la Brittany, um got booked for the gig because she was fun and more in line with pride and so monice tells him like oh if she was your friend she wouldn't take the gig now both of them are trying to get put on like both of them are trying to make a name for themselves and make it in the industry so like they're neither one are in a position right now to turn down gigs if they feel like that good that gig is good for them and the only reason he wants her to turn it down is because he didn't get the job also. So he goes right. and talks to her about it. He's feeling some type of way. She wasn't giving him any negative energy initially until he started to low-key, like, shade her. Like, oh, they were trying to compare me to you. And I, you know, there ain't no comparison. I'm like, what? Like, you come to talk to me, and then you start shading me, and then you wonder why... I'm not going to voluntarily give up my money to help you out. Like, that's not how this works, bro. Yeah, he was just delusional. And one invites the other to audition. One makes it, one bombs. You know, congratulate your friend and move it on. Um, but to come in and attack her and then, you know, accuse her of sleeping with a one. And it just, it just, it was messy. It was messy, and it was like an unnecessary scene. Like <laughs> the mess didn't even enhance the episode. It was just like this could have not made it. That's really all I feel about it. A mess. Neither yeah, one of them really. Mess. I mean, <laughs> it was an unnecessary. Like Candy mess. or Jay Will. Like, I, I wouldn't yeah. book either one of them personally. <laughs> Or bro, I wouldn't. I wouldn't book. <laughs> I wouldn't book either one. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was an unnecessary mess that nobody cares about. Which I feel like is this whole like the only reason they're able to stretch this season out. What I've been noticing is that every other episode has been boring. You have one mm-hmm. episode that's like full of fireworks, full of people fighting, and you know, giving us what we came here for. To be honest. And then the next episode is like, eh, this is not, this is not good. Um, right. So either Mona needs to hire more fighters, write some more fight scenes, or cut the season down because <laughs> I'm tired of these boring episodes that we have mm-hmm. to kind of sit through to get to what we really want to see, which is, will Ray J catch them hands? Also. Whose baby is it? Did Safari actually sleep with Lyrica? Apparently, judging from the next uh, previews, Lyrica's mama's even in doubt. Lyric, big Lyrica is still is still has her questions as well. Um, what are some other big? Yeah. That, that's basically it. Those two storylines. That's it for me. Looks like uh, Mama Amber. Um, Amber's mom is about to pull Apple off the stage and they and Apple is throwing oh some kind of temper tantrum, but like I don't really care enough. Um yeah. And I'm we've seen for... that before. We've seen that before. Maybe you haven't, but me as a reality watcher. That's uh growing up hip hop Atlanta. Miss Deb was managing um 
this chick. She's been around and around. Johnny Blaze, are you familiar with her? So she's like a stripper from Houston, and she apparently has is messing, man. Okay, right. Well, Johnny (laughs) with an I. Okay. Johnny with an I. Johnny Blaze. Um, she's been on Love and Hip Hop New York too. Was messing around with Rich Dollars. Like who hasn't? Um, and then she surfaced on Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta, apparently had met with Bow Wow, who hasn't? Um, and so she's begging Miss Deb, like, oh, I really, you know, I have this talent. I really want to be known for more than stripping. Again, the, the storyline is recycled. And so, you know, uh, and Miss Deb did at Anthony uh, Waka Flocka's mom. She's like, yeah, okay, I got you, girl. And literally rolled up in the strip club and pulled Johnny off the stage <laughs> just like that. I had my mouth open when I saw the preview because I'm like, I feel like I just saw this. Like somebody's mama rolling up in the club, like, get your ass off the stage. Like it was it was almost verbatim. So yeah. We we those of us who watch multiple shows like that, we definitely have seen some of these things already. But that'll be next week. Yeah, well, hopefully next week will be more interesting um, because this week was not. But thankfully, in our main show, which is Insecure, things were super, super, super interesting. Um, Yeah, I know, like, I, as soon as the episode went off, because I was, I was on this week's live tweeting duty. So if you are on Twitter, we live tweet every single episode of Insecure with the East Coasters. Um, so the first time it comes on, 1030 p.m. Eastern time, either Andrea or I are is manning, is our, either one of us is manning mm-hmm. the, the drunk. <laughs> I was like, what? One of us is manning the drunk watching Twitter account, and we are live tweeting. Um, later on, we're going to get into some of the reactions to one of the questions I asked on um, Twitter account because people are still submitting <laughs> submitting their thoughts about what the hell is up with Nathan. Um, but this week we we learned that Lawrence is back. Lawrence is here. Lawrence was not yes. he was not one and done in Seven Eleven because this this uh, episode opens right where the last episode left off. It opens in Seven Eleven. And Issa and Lawrence are making that awkward small talk, like, hey, how have you been? The kind of stuff that you said to your ex that you don't really care about. But right. I guess they, they actually looked like they cared. Um, so Issa asked him, like, hey, what have you been up to? And boy, oh, boy. <laughs> right. Were we ready for that? Oh, Jesus, I was not prepared. I was not prepared. Um, Lawrence has been up to a lot of sex. All the sex with all the women everywhere he goes. (laughs) Lawrence was getting his groove on with everybody who was not Issa, Tasha, or what was the Indian chick from last year? Aparna. Aparna? Aparna. None of those people. Uh, But he was getting it in. So much so that, uh, oh, wait, Lawrence was getting it in. Chad was getting it in. So to me, it looked like Chad 
Chad's fiance stood him up at the altar. Does it look like that to you? Because when they're out drinking, he's in. They're all dressed up in their suits, in their tuxes. Right. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It looks like runaway bride, but he deserved that. So apparently he did. Apparently he was uh got a little too familiar with the strippers, and somebody dropped a dime on him, and that was all she wrote. <laughs> He said, my grandmother's right here. <laughs> All my grandmas were there, something like that. I was like, how many? Yeah, at there? the wedding. So that's how I know that she left him at the altar. Because <laughs> he's in his tuck. His grandma and him was there. And they did not get married. Um, and then we kind of cut to Lawrence at the doctor's office. Um, <laughs> and... The doctor tells him, like, hey, you should always practice safe sex because you caught something. And what he caught was the clap. Wait, is that chlamydia is mm-hmm. the clap, right? Right. I was going to say that. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if it's that or gonorrhea, which probably yeah. is a good thing that we really don't know. I know. But I would have said the clap, too. One of those you know two. Me. I'm quick on the Googles. It's the clap. <laughs> but that's what Lawrence caught. He caught chlamydia. Um, but when Issa acts and like, you know, that, that all comes up in his mind when she's like, Oh, what have you been up to? And he's just like, you know, <laughs> living. He did not tell her that he caught an STD, that Chad's marriage broke up. Uh, <laughs> none of that was discussed because who wants to talk about that with their ex? Nobody, nobody. Right. Else. Okay. The Google says that the clap is actually gonorrhea. But oh, wow. Again, Never glad we didn't that. know that. <laughs> you would think, like, the C and C, chlamydia the C, and C, right. Be... That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But, Dang, yeah. Daniel. Never mind then. Um, Never mind. Yeah. So, cut to Issa going to Inglewood City Hall. Um, because she's really trying to make this block party happen. She really wants to make this Coachella idea pop. Um, but the lady at City Hall is like, girl, you, I feel like the same thing we kind of discussed last week. Like, you know, you're going to need some yep. security. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. our people, and that does not, does not go to any specific race. It just means people in the greater <laughs> Los Angeles area aren't people. Right. <laughs> like our people. Fight. Right. Like our fellow Angelinos like to fight and sometimes shoot, um, which is basically what the lady said. Like, you're going to need security and alcohol. I don't I don't think that she really needs alcohol and alcohol and alcohol because right. that, will that exacerbates the situation. But, um... Issa seems determined to make it happen, even though, you know, that that paperwork would probably turn me off, but that's why I don't throw it in. Hmm. Yeah. I, when I saw how many papers <laughs> she had to fill out, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Or at least not right now. She seems to get a little scattered or a lot scattered. And especially with what happens further in the episode, she, that, that's probably going to be on pause till next season. But Nathan's outside waiting for her and, you know, encouraging, like, hey, just take it one paper at a time. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. And then he yeah. reminds her that Molly's uh, jacket <laughs> is still with Andrew. 
And it's so funny because at the time I was like, which one is Andrew? And of course that question comes up later in the episode too, but Andrew is the Asian friend and Molly was looking for her jacket at the end of last episode. Um, that we remember she laid out in the grass to save everybody's spot before they wound up having WrestleMania. So, uh, you know, hey, Andrew has your jacket. Give him a call. And Molly is so embarrassed because of how she was acting that she, you know, has been willing to just let her, her jacket go. I mean, personally, that jacket was laid on the ground in something that did not look like grass. So I feel like she let that jacket go as soon as she, as soon as she laid it on the ground. Like, all right. She, she was on Molly, jacket, though. She Molly was Molly squared. Molly. She didn't know. Yeah, she um, didn't know. The right mind Molly should have let that jacket go as well. But Andrew kind of rescued <laughs> it. Uh, apparently he cleaned it up and he wants to give it back. Um, so then we cut to Nisa, Nathan and Issa in bed and she's she's still looking up events for the she's still looking up faces for the event and thinking about the event and Nathan is kind of zoned out and she's she's like what's what's going on what are you thinking about and he kind of I don't know see I guess up until this point like when he gave her that thing the last week like oh he didn't call or text her because he didn't want to seem too pressed I was kind of mm-hmm. like mm, how convenient of an like I don't know what that says about me yeah. that my default was to doubt <laughs> the um the truthfulness of his answer that I was just kind of like girl right. that wasn't it he was busy or whatever um but that I doubted like him being he didn't want to come off too press which is an obvious thing that people don't want to do particularly these days when people are quick to label other people who show interest thirsty which I'm not a fan of that but Right. You know, he said he didn't want to come off to press. And this week we see him laying in bed and he's kind of like, so how do you know when it's real? And she's like, I don't know. What are you talking about? And he's like, <laughs> pointing to me and you. I was like, oh, look how cute Nathan is. Um, pointing to, to her, like, how do you know when the feelings that you've developed for somebody is real, particularly when they happen really fast, right? Right. And then Oh my God, he was serious. He was serious about this whole, he didn't want to come off too press. And then I flash back to the previous scene where he's like waiting in city hall, trying to encourage her to get this. Like they, they really just met, you know, they don't know each other that mm-hmm. well. And he's already kind of stepped into this supportive role um, and encouraging role that I find really cute. And I was like, Oh my God, maybe he's, Maybe he wasn't lying. Uh, yeah, well, that was short-lived. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give the brother a few more minutes, Jesus. Before we oh, put him down. I was trying to give him some time. Yes, it was grand opening and no Um, But no, I, I feel the same way. I think, um, and it made me actually think about like my own relationship or relationships past, you know, like what, what is that moment, you know, or is there a moment or do you just one day find yourself, you know, in something? So I, it, it caused me to pause and have that kind of reflective moment for myself. And I thought it was very nice 
um, particularly because he went on to, you know, say to her, like, I like you. And that speaks volumes um, to those of us who, you know, we don't extend our liking to everybody. Like you can work with people, you can be in a group with people, you can be friends of friends, you know, you can even love people and not particularly like them. So I thought that spoke volumes for him to say to her, well, for him to feel that way, but also for him to express it. And I think it caught her off guard because it was another layer of this, like, wow, we're really being real with each other. And this is not something that I'm used to. She's like, you know, can we really say that to each other? Like, yeah, that's what normal people do. And so she returned the sentiment. So I did. I thought that was a nice little moment between them. I'll give him that. Yeah, but I think Only. it's so interesting that 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 discussion comes up after you have you've had sex with somebody that you feel comfortable enough to have sex with them. And, you know, to be intimate physically with them. But when it comes to, like, your your feelings, that you feel more um, apprehensive about that. I think that's just really interesting how that worked out for them. And that's how some people are. And I can't identify with that. But people are really like that. And a lot of men in particular are like that. And that's why they say, like, oh, this was just sex. Like, I don't, I don't like that girl. Or I don't... I don't even know that girl. Like they don't have to have this emotional exchange or, you know, have emotions at all. And some women are the same way, you know, where it is easier for some of them to kind of give you their body versus, and and we're thinking like that is like ultimate intimacy or it's up there. And they're just like, no, it's not, not really a big deal. But talking to you about my feelings is a huge deal. So, I, you know, people are wired differently. Not my ministry. Yeah, talking, but talking about feelings in general is scary. <laughs> a lot of people stay away from it. A lot of people don't do it. Um, you know, it's hard to be vulnerable in front of somebody or with somebody. So I get that part. I just think it's interesting that you're you're comfortable some people are comfortable being naked in front of people physically but they are absolutely not comfortable being naked right. in front of them emotionally and in that particular moment Nathan seemed to to push past his um apprehensions to be naked in front of her emotionally as well and I think it, it caught her off guard a bit and mm-hmm. he even kind of like she kind of she kind of brought it brought some levity to the situation because he was like you know normally I don't I don't like a lot of people and she's like yeah people are terrible they're trash and so they they were able to have like a, <laughs> like a breathing moment after that whole you know slightly heavy emotional conversation um which I you know I kind of like that like that's that's a good thing if he weren't hiding something don't 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 but we'll get to that um right. <laughs> speaking of having so difficult conversations right right <laughs> oh my gosh so speaking of difficult i'm watching absolutely i'm watching the episode and uh my boyfriend's walking through while i'm while this 
particular scene is on. And he was like, is he making calls? <laughs> like, yeah, you have to let people know that, you know, we've been infected and maybe they are too. And he was just like, oh my God, I couldn't even imagine, you know, having to do that or getting those calls. And I was like, I know that's right. And so, you know, in the moment I was like, oh, thank God for monogamy, you know, because you're, you know, you can have that kind of breather, you know, when you're monogamous. And at the same time, both of us said, as long as you're monogamous, and I was hollering, but it's the truth because, yeah, you can think, you know, you're safe and, you know, you can be with the chat who's out here getting it in with the strippers prior to your wedding. So, but shout out to being responsible. Like, all jokes aside, you know, nobody wants to be in that situation. And so the fact that he was adult enough and, you know, kind of put his pride to the side to say, like, I need to call and give these warnings and put myself out there. I thought that was pretty dope. But mm -hmm. no, nah, I, I, I surely wouldn't want my phone to ring on the foolishness like that. Right. And Chad, speaking of, Chad was like, you never make the calls. Like, <laughs> you know, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> But on a real note, if you are someone who has had or has currently an STI, um, you technically don't have to make the calls. You can give the list to the people at the health department or whatever, and they'll make them for you. So if you don't want to oh, have okay. that, you know, if you don't want to have that moment when Lawrence calls that one girl is like hey you might want to get tested and she's like why <laughs> she's like wait we didn't even sleep together you don't know who you sleep with so that was a wake-up call for him too like he's just been out there in them streets he don't apparently remember who or when or where um you know how many people he's just going through the list and he he got he hit up an innocent bystander who may now put his business in the street. So I wouldn't be surprised that comes comes back around. But I know that initially, like, when he was making the call, I know the scene is kind of written to, to make us feel like he's calling Issa. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it makes, because they, this is, I think, like, him and, um, I think that comes later, actually. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's I did, though. I did think he was calling Issa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes us think he's calling Issa until he's like, yeah, so you got to get tested. And we're like, oh, he's calling a bunch of women that he had sex with. Um, so that was interesting. On Issa's side of town, she gets a call from Lyft uh, saying that there's an investigation into the assault in her car. So did Big Boy call the police? I guess no. so. That's all the I can think Right. Not mm -hmm. only was he smoking weed, he I called cops. Like that ain't right. Yeah, I guess he was on the wrong end of the scuffle. Well, yeah, he. <laughs> when Molly was <laughs> like, he ain't cool. <laughs> he ain't cool. But that's shady. Not only were you starting some situations, then you call the cops. But so they have to investigate, and Nathan and Issa text Nathan to give him the head heads up. Um. And 
you said Molly, you're having a conversation. Is this at the baby shower? Like, where are we? I can't even remember. Oh, we're at um somebody's house. They're, They're like, just at the house. The yeah. Shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whose house is that? Because that's not Issa's house or I mean, Kelly's house. I'm is gonna first time. Maybe it's Kelly's house? house. Yeah, I'm thinking. I don't think that was Molly's house. Because Molly lives downtown. That's not her house. We were like in a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and we so definitely we're at, weren't at, you know, <laughs> the apartment. Issa's new apartment, <laughs> right? It looks yeah. nice. It looks too nice. So we're there, and they're talking about, you know, why don't you give Andrew a chance? And um, Andrew is the Asian one, which Kelly needs some remembering about, but she should know because she's sleeping with the black one. Um, but Molly's kind of like, no, you know, I want to end up with a black man, so why even bother? And while I understand <laughs> where she's coming from, because I, you know, my preference is black men. Um, on second, on second watch, Andrew was not half bad looking. I was like, oh, Asian Bay got some swag. He got some like Genesis Quab out. He didn't, he didn't really ask her out. He told her. <laughs> he, he told her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he had some grown man about him. I was like, all right, Andrew, I see you, I see you. Um, but Molly's on the fence about it um and i had a feeling however which is what i tweeted from the drunk watching count was like watch as soon as dro pops his head back out of the sand molly is gonna text andrew and be she's gonna reconsider <laughs> going out with him mm-hmm. because she has no other prospects and that's exactly what happened um and- and I'll, I'll give, I'll cut Molly a, a small break because I will say sometimes, yes, we can take it that way. Like, oh, there's nobody else. And, you know, you kind of got dissed <laughs> by the one you quote unquote really wanted. But sometimes things happen to push us into the direction that we really need to go. And so I'm just glad that she didn't try to press further into that drill situation. And she did hit the about face. And maybe, you know, by giving this other guy a chance, it may not be him. Like, I remember somebody saying uh, this to me when I was kind of at a crossroads. Like, I don't want to be in this thing anymore. But I'm not really sure about this, you know, new situation. And they said to me, you know, this, just because you're giving this a chance doesn't mean this is going to be your next relationship or your next boyfriend or your husband or your whatever. Um, this just may be one step in the right direction or in a different direction. And that person may just be there to serve, to show you that there's something else and somebody else and a different type of person out there. Like you've just been in this mess for so long. Sometimes we just need, you know, to hit the reset button and it doesn't mean anything more than, you know, in the moment. So maybe Andrew is her. In the moment, he's her, you know, kind of reset, or, you know, he could wind up being the real thing. So I'm glad that she at least is looking in the direction of somebody that's cool. Like, I don't feel like she's done that since, and I don't know the guy's name. What's the guy in the first season that she was messing with, but she was just like, oh, no. I don't he, remember, you know. but I, I liked him. I liked him, and she let yeah. his um one... <laughs> one uh experience kind of rule him out for yeah. for a life 
Um, but he was really nice and cool and they got along and they had fun. The only right. thing about him that she was kind of hung up over, um, besides the whole this one time in college situation, um, was that he wasn't a professional guy and that was kind of mm-hmm. steady in her way as well. And then she got with a professional guy and he was he was not shit either. That was Jadena. I need to go back and watch season one because I really don't even know all that <laughs> I forgot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Since then, she's kind of just been in the wind. And, you know, Andrew wasn't on screen for very long, but I liked the time that he was on screen when he was like, have you been to Prue and Proper? Which, shout out to me. I've been there. It was cool. And, he, and she was like, no, I haven't. <laughs> he was like, cool, we're going to go. Um, he didn't even, like, ask. <laughs> so she wouldn't turn him down. He was kind of like, all right, I'm going to take you there. Um, and then judging by the previews, he says something like, oh, how are you just going to order? I guess she ordered like crawfish and collard green, like stuff that you wouldn't normally <laughs> order on a date. And he was like, you just ordered that? Like, like this ain't a date. <laughs> She's like, is this a date? And he's it's like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is a date. <laughs> so it looks like, you know, maybe they'll have fun. Um, at least in the next episode, and and we'll see. I'm 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 hoping that Molly gets something going. Like she's, Issa's been going through it, but low key Molly has as well. But the only thing that's different is Molly always has the work part to fall. Like at least she's not struggling and broke and trying to figure out her career. Like she has that part of her life kind of sorted out, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just the. <laughs> the rest of it at least she has something that's solid and kind of set in stone and she's trying to figure out the relationship piece and the personal piece through therapy and stuff like that Issa her whole life is up in the air like her job her relationship her money like everything is is currently going through it and so they got renewed for a fourth season, so maybe everything <laughs> won't be sorted out at the end of this season. But I'm hopeful that they'll be further along than they were when they started. We only have, what, two episodes left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is six. Yeah, seven minutes. We don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. So hopefully they will make some <laughs> progress over the next hour. They really need to make these episodes longer because... They go by so fast, so fast. Yeah. Princess Tinny told us to uh, shove it. Like, no, right. it's not going <laughs> to He said it. He, he was like, nope, we ain't making them longer. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Go back and watch another to... episode. Right, we're just going to have to deal with it. He's like, this ain't Empire. Um right. <laughs> So after the girls are, you know, making this cake and uh, diaper cake, that is, uh, Kelly's trying to figure out a recipe to make some cupcakes, some all white cupcakes with chocolate in it. So they know <laughs> they feel black. Um, you know, they're just kind of talking through life. And we cut over to the bar where Chad is, is in his feelings, but he's not willing to admit it about the fact that his his relationship broke up and Chad was like, Oh, you're not taking Easter back and he and Lawrence is like, Nope, once a cheater, all is a cheater and then Chad was like, I know that's right and then they were like, Wait, you just cheated on your fiance. He's like, Oh, but it's different. 
<laughs> so they get into this whole like Issa's a hoe. And and of course that's that perennial debate, like the double standard about like men when men sleep around or whatever, they are seen in a positive light. When women do it, they're hoes. And even when they don't necessarily do it and you just wanna label a woman a hoe, she's a hoe. But mm-hmm. I like the fact that um Lawrence stood up for her and was like, No, she's not a hoe. She just she just did some hoe shit. She did some um, hoe shit, right. Which was real. So shout out shout out to Lawrence and Lawrence Hive for that bit of conversation. Hey, Are you Lawrence I well I don't wanna be like the Lawrence High. It all sounds so extra. I really like Lawrence, so I just assume that just puts me over there, but you know. Right. I'm not standing, uh, especially his uh, his last bit of behavior that was not becoming. <laughs> but also, I guess that's what many guys do when they go through, uh, you know, heartbreak or, you know, the end of a relationship. It's like, you know, I got to get this out of my system by any means necessary. And for him, he wound up compromising his system by trying to get, you know, her out of his system. So. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm in the high, but I mean, if I have to be, you know, you're on one side or the other, I guess I am. Um, I really like him. When he looked to be out of the picture, you guys know, I was for uh, Issa and Daniel hooking up and now, you know, they've taken Daniel off the table. I really, you know, would like to see Lawrence and Issa, you know, patch it back up. I I thought at the end of last season that, you know, that might be an option. Like they seem to genuinely love and care about one another. They went through a rough patch, which happened. And most of it was about themselves. It really didn't seem to be like, I don't like you anymore or you're whack. It's like he was going through his situation, um, you know, depressed, trying to get his thing off the ground. You know, she wasn't necessarily in the most favorable situation. She never was doing something she was super passionate about. And then, you know, you just kind of interrupt. And I think that caused them to see each other differently. And then, you know, you kind of just wind up in this this situation. Um, but I thought if they wanted to make it work, they probably could have. But usually when men get cheated on, it's just, it's a no-go regardless. And so now that he has some space from the situation and he's kind of been out in the world, um, maybe, maybe he'll, uh, you know, reconsider, but she might be at the point where, you know, it's over for her. Who knows? But I, I, I would like to see them. I'm glad they're at least cordial. Cause I didn't, I didn't like them, you know, at each other's throats. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they both look like they've grown and that they are cordial. I think it's really interesting that when Derek, Chad, and Lawrence are out at the bar, uh, I think Derek asks uh, Lawrence, like, hey, would you ever take Issa back? And he's like, hell no. But when we see Lawrence at the baby shower, um, I feel like he changed. Like, his tune changed a bit, like, uh, skipping Mm -hmm. ahead a little bit him and Issa have that conversation and they're kind of like catching each other up 
about what's been going on and Issa tells him about her, you know, she quit her job and she wants to get her business off the ground. Well, business, I use that word loosely, block party off the ground. Um, and it's kind of like a reversal, like their situation reversed, like, but right. the interesting thing about that, I saw a lot of, a lot of people, particularly men on Twitter, like, oh, I love this song about Issa telling Lawrence about, you know, her business idea and him being supportive and giving advice. But like we said before, we came in at the end of their relationship. So all the stuff these people are like, oh, Issa, this is what Issa should have told him, you know, when he was trying to get woot woot off the ground. But we don't know if she actually did tell him. Like she supported him right. for years. Years. Um, right. <laughs> with an S, multiple. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at some point that that does wear you down. So it's not like we can judge um new Issa. And especially when your shit is not together. They, like right, if, right. if her shit was all the way together, she might have been in a better position to continue to hang on. But like if you're barely holding it together and the person you're with is barely holding it together, that's why a lot of people don't make it in marriages. Like that's financial situation is serious mm-hmm. and I think it's really unfair to kind of be like see this is how Isha should have been with Lawrence like we don't actually know how they were before we met them and we met them at basically the end of their relationship so we have to get to know them again and it looks like the show is going to give us that opportunity now the interesting thing is Issa after her and Lawrence talk um, Issa goes back and tells Molly, like, hey, I think I'm finally over it. Like, I'll probably always love him, but basically I'm not in love with him and I want to move on, right? Lawrence, on Do you think hand, she meant that? Do I think she meant that? Uh, mm-hmm. I think so. Or yeah, was she's telling herself that? <laughs> um, I think I think she does want to move on. I mean, she's been in this weird limbo space for so long, and I think at that particular moment, she still has this, uh, I was about to say Daniel, she still has this Nathan possibility in her mind, but she's been trying to reach out and call and text and it hasn't been happening. Um, so, you know, but I do think she's just at a point where she's turning over a new leaf in multiple aspects of her life. And so last season when she was going to um, Tasha's bank to try to confront her or get a look at her or whatever and I think she was still very much in her feelings about Lawrence, but now I feel like she has probably let a lot of that go. Does that mean that they will never be an item or a couple again? I don't know. Cause they could, you know, they could get to know each other again as new people, as people they are now. But I do think she's not stuck in the like, Oh, I must be with Lawrence. Like she was like really desperate to be with Lawrence last season. Um, and right, he was right. So I think like one, he's he's forgiven her. Obviously, if he sees her in a new light, he doesn't hate her. Um, and I don't know if that new light is romantic, but I kind of got that sense from him. Um, and two, from her that she was like, yeah, I think I'm ready to move on. So I think it's interesting how those two roles kind of changed a bit, kind of not necessarily flipped but definitely changed <laughs> um, from where they were last time. 
Absolutely. Okay. I was just wondering because I, yeah, I I thought it, it felt like, okay, it could be true, but maybe it's, you know, I'm talking myself even further into this new direction that I'm going. I do agree. It's not this desperation. I must be with him. It's also not a guilt. Like, oh my God, I hurt Lauren so bad. Like now she sees him. He looks good. He's progressing his career. You know, he has his stuff together. So he's not wounded or at least doesn't present that way. And so I think that helps to relieve her of guilt. And then she can, you know, now I can move forward. Because I know she felt really, really bad, you know, for doing what she did, even though for many people they would say, well, that was just kind of self-preservation at that point. Like, you're unhappy. You've done all this, you know, five years in. It's looking bleak. And so, you know, you slip. And so, you know, for her to feel the way that she did about it, I think she wanted to fix it. And the only way that she, the only way that she could see it fixed at the time was for them to patch up and, and be back together. And now they're in a situation where, okay, well, we can actually be friends or at least cool. Like we have mutual friends. We wind up in these places together. It doesn't always have to be like Derek's birthday. It can actually be like Tiffany's baby shower or we could take it even a step further and be able to give or get advice from one another that works for me shout out to not hating my guts and you know I can I can move on with that so I think Mm -hmm. that's uh you know where she is right right but him I think he especially in light of the whole committee thing I think he definitely is reevaluating like, okay, she wanted to patch things up with me and I said no. And I'm out here doing all of this. And is this all that's out here for me? Like, really? Like, I think I wrote it in the notes, but he said it out loud. Like, just working and fucking? Like, that's, <laughs> that's all. Like, I wrote it at the top. And then when he got to actually saying it, I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what's out there for you guys that are wondering, you know, oh, settling down is so hard for you, but there's really nothing out there but those two things. And one of them can actually bring you something that you really don't want. So I think that realization, he's looking at her now like, man, maybe, I mean, yeah, I, I don't like what she did, but maybe what we had was okay or was, you know, better than I thought. And, you know, it's worth pursuing or re-pursuing if that's even a word pursuing again yeah I think they're both in a in a in a different place they've both been through some things Lawrence is not as hurt as he was last season um and he's also been on the end of hurting people like Tasha and I don't think Aparna stayed around long enough to get hurt because she spotted the BS and was like you know what no no I'm out um, and she like left him. <laughs> she got out of the car like mid conversation. It was like, nope, I'm not doing this. Um, so I think they both have have grown quite a bit. But who hasn't grown is Drove. Molly goes over to you know say hello, and he doesn't even greet her with hello. He was just like, oh, we can talk now. Boundaries. And I'm like, oh wow, this is what you just hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that's 
sucks because like let's take this whole open relationship thing off the table they were homies like from way back so not only did they mess up you know (laughs) i don't know their relationship in terms of their intimate relationship but they have seemed to have damaged their friendship um because they can't even do that anymore right and apparently nobody gave uh, Candace the memo because by the time she gets there, she's just like, hey, girl, hey. She she didn't get the <laughs> boundaries memo, um, probably because Molly wasn't sleeping with her. But, yeah, it's it's awkward. And after she gets iced by Dro, that's when um, she decides to hit up Andrew and try something new. Well, I I was surprised to see Candace. It's the same she walked in the door. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you, girl. So that, I'm sure, was a, a bruise to poor little Molly. Like, yeah, drove, iced her, and then, oh, here's Candace. Another reminder of kind of this foolery that's going on. But what I... Um, want to shift into was just more about the relationship amongst the friends and how those uh, relationships are changing. So last week with Tiffany, we saw her, you know, kind of sober up, I guess is, is that was the phrase that I thought about, even though she was the only one sober last week, but she had the realization that, you know, her, her friendships and her interactions with this particular group of friends would be changing and she became a mom and even, you know, in her pregnancy. And so this week she has her baby shower and Molly and Issa are greeted by, and I don't know if they know this chick, but I, we've never met her before, Blair, uh, you know, who is a part of the quote unquote crazy crew or the planning committee for the baby shower. And they're caught off guard, like, wait, there was a planning crew and we weren't a part of it. Um, And Tiffany's just like, I mean, you know, she wanted to do it and you guys can go help with the chairs or something. Like, she literally had nothing for them to do. And they thought, you know, they were getting there early to try to help and things are already done. Now, what I didn't expect, and it's probably just because I had not really paid that much attention to their dynamic before, but was the relationship between Kelly and Tiffany, who are clearly, you know, closer, just like Issa and Molly are closer. And, you know, Kelly had a full-blown breakdown, like, you know, (laughs) from the cupcakes on down to, you know, outside in the driveway, like, I'm losing my best friend to a baby. And that's like real. I mean, we can laugh at it or call it selfish or whatever. But yeah, if you've been rolling with somebody for X amount of time, this is, you know, your ace and you don't necessarily have the conversations about how things will change, but things just start changing or, you know, maybe they do something in their life, they go back to school, they start a new job, they get involved with, you know, the PTA. I mean, I don't know. They start making other friends in other parts of their lives and it doesn't necessarily include you. 
I can feel, you know, a way. I'm really glad and I'm fortunate that a lot of my friends um, that have friends, other friends, we kind of all became friends and the same thing, you know, for me. So, you know, I don't necessarily have that kind of issue, but I can imagine, you know, you see your your friend, your territory kind of being infringed upon. And you might feel a certain kind of way. And so Kelly definitely felt a certain kind of way. She did. And I think that, I mean, it's, it's interesting because those are <laughs> real life situations where, you know, we often don't see, we normally, we're used to seeing like relationships, romantic relationships break up um, on screen, but we don't necessarily ever see, you know, friendships change in that way although you know when I look back on shows like girlfriends you know Tony and Joan and then Joan, um, yeah. Tony bounce like we didn't see Tony ever again <laughs> Tony right. and Joan broke up and we didn't see Tony again um on living single we had a moment where Regine after they went on yes Delia yes Regine yes uh, <laughs> packed it up and was angry and moved to a studio apartment but she got her life back together and moved back in with her people um so yeah we we rarely see that on screen and if we do it's not it's like precipitated by some kind of dramatic event like Joan and Kelly Mm -hmm. Joan and Kelly Joan and Tony broke up because it was just years of foolery <laughs> it wasn't like our lives are just changing and you know this is just different um but life changes can often you know make a problem for your friendship he drops the ball girl why did she tell me that drop? i think i dropped the remote i was like something happened <laughs> what did she say and I think Molly had the same reaction, like, wow. Like, this man is going to continue his life with his wife, who's not going to, well, they haven't really been speaking, but who knows if he would have told her anyway, you know, like, oh, actually, Candace and I are having a baby. Um, I'm going to bet that he wouldn't. That he just, you know, continued to do whatever he was doing with Molly. And she would have found out like that regardless. And, um, you know, again, it's hard to say, like, oh, Joe's being shitty because, I mean, you're sleeping with a married man. He really doesn't have to do anything. <sighs> right. Well, and um, if we are to believe Joe, um, you know, he told her from the beginning that him and Candace were in an open relationship. Whether it's the truth or not, uh, still up in the air a little bit. Um, but he did tell her and she did allow herself to be involved. So yeah. um, I know a lot of people were like, draw ain't shit. Like, because him and Candace yeah, are having a baby. But to be honest, like, Joe told her what it was. And I hate saying that because men often roll out. Yeah. I what it was from the beginning. But like, right, for real. Right. He for but real. He really did. Like, she had all of the information from the beginning. It's not like he was hiding right. things from Molly. Um, whether he's right. hiding it from Candace, I don't know. But he wasn't yes, hiding anything, right. anything at all from Molly. So she right. forged ahead with those choices. 
that have since blown up in her face. And it wasn't like the choices blew up in her face. Like she was always um, making choices that were counter to what she actually wanted. Like she Mm -hmm. was willing to be withdrawal because it felt nice in the moment. And she allowed herself to believe that, you know, I mean, at least for that evening, for that next day, for that morning, for that weekend, whatever, like he was her man, which is what she actually wanted. Like she wanted somebody to always be there for her, to always put her first. And he, he could not do that. Like as soon as Candace got locked out or whatever she needed, like he was choosing Candace because that's his wife. So, right. Molly continued and that's the bottom line yeah yeah she continued to like overlook those overlook her own core wants like she wanted to be number one she wanted she wants to be the main person and the only person but because you know she didn't have butterflies with Sterling's character or she didn't have any other people on the horizon that she was into like that. Like she just settled for something that wasn't what she wanted and allow her feelings to get hurt. Um, so hopefully this is the end of Dro, but you never know. And, and at the end of that, you know, the only person, if he's doing anything quote unquote wrong, the only person he would have been doing that to is Candace. Just like you said, like he's been, he's been open and honest, at least with Molly. And well, you know what? I won't say the only person because if he was lying, if he's lying about the whole open relationship thing, you know, then he, he could be on the hook for kind of misleading Molly. But at the end of the day, Molly knows he's married and she had to make that decision, whether they're open or not, you make the decision to move forward with a married man. And these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. <laughs> so, break. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Nathan has been missing. Mm-hmm. Nathan has been missing in action since he left Issa's bed, since he dropped the, I'm interested in you or I like you or whatever they had that we had us all like, oh, Nathan. Um, we ain't seen Nathan since then. And Issa's been calling and texting and to no avail. And so at the baby shower, she gets another call from Lyft. And they say they, they, they have closed the investigation because they talked to Nathan. And, <laughs> you know, Issa is not supposed to be involved with Nathan as far as Lyft is concerned. He's like, oh, you talked to him right. today? And they were like, yeah. He's like, okay, great. So now she knows that at least somebody talked to Nathan today um, that wasn't her. So either he is ignoring her call or I don't know what. So what do we think? Because this is what I put out on um, the Drunk Watching account. So please, if you like commentary to extend past the podcast, Hit us up at Drunk Watching on Twitter. Follow along. Um, so I was like, what the fuck is Nathan hiding? So <laughs> lots of people have chimed in to share their responses. Um, but what do you think is going on with Nathan? I really don't know. At first, I thought, you know, what we thought in the beginning 
like the way he ran away, like, okay, maybe he has warrants or, you know, he can't be caught up in any type of, you know, BS legally or, you know, anything with the law. So that's why he got out of there. And then when that call came, I felt the same thing. Like, okay, now the issue is going to hit the fan. He's going to disappear. But I don't understand, you know, if it makes any sense to me. Like, okay, you called to cooperate with the investigation. So why would you need to go Issa? Like that part is not necessarily clear to me. So I felt like, okay, something's wrong with his background, some kind of shadiness there, but, you know, uh, your voicemail's not set up, and and I don't remember if she's ever left a message that we could hear before, so I don't know if that's a new thing, or if his voicemail was never set up, I'm not, you know, not really clear about that, but some of these things don't go together, so it makes me think, okay, maybe there's something more. Yeah, I mean, I've always joked that Nathan has a whole family back in Houston. Um, <laughs> so that's always been my go-to. But from the fight scene when he was like, I can't, I got, I got, like, I I was like, oh, he's on probation, he's on parole, he's on the run, like, something with the law. That's where my mind is going. And I, was, I too, was like, well, why didn't he call her back? Like, he called the list people, but... When the lady from Lyft calls her, she doesn't say he called and, you know, we've closed the investigation. She said, we've spoken to him. Now, Nathan could be in jail. (laughs) A lot of people pointed that out. Uh, He could have got arrested and be in jail, so he can't, you know, get back to her. Um, And I know in the previews for next time, like, he either texts her or he calls her. So Nathan could be locked up over this uh, this, this assault um, since they didn't call it a fight. They called it an assault. Um, or he just, I don't know, he don't want to feel pressed. I don't know. I feel like we should be past the press stage, but men are weird. So no telling. Um, over on the dr- drunk watching page, uh, here's just a sampling of what people said. So I said, WTF, what the feasy is Nathan hiding? Um, Miss Key Noah said a family. Uh, Kenya D said a warrant. Go Cinderella said a body. Um, <laughs> Trevor the Ox said, I'm stressed out that I've got to wait a week to find out. Girl, maybe two weeks. Um, Corrine S said a bitch. It was like two short boys. Uh, top shelf way or top shelf fun with whatever fun with way. Um, he said he got seven kids in Houston. His name not even really Nathan. Uh, <laughs> Aqua Candy said, nah, nah, y'all. Nathan Death has a pass. Current warrants out. There's no way your boy was running from the scene after he got <laughs> got out of that Uber, which is actually a list. Um, let's see. Janelle said that nigga locked up. Uh, Black Vic Isis? Black Vic Isis? I don't know. Sorry, I'm butchering everybody's name. Uh, Said an entire family. Um, Vavu said he's wanted. Uh, (laughs) Tamara said, exactly. Issa has been through enough. How this nigga just gone ghost like that? 
Um, and a bunch of people called him a whole ass felon. So <laughs> we had <laughs> we had Princess Pity, who is insecure showrunner. He directed the uh, the first episode of the season, and he responded to the drunk watching tweet. Shout out to Princess Penny. He said, "This is the realest shit, and we ain't even telling yet." Princess giggles. So maybe we won't even learn next week what happened with Nathan. He's not giving us the tea, but there is definitely some tea to be given. So I guess we must I, wait. Yeah, I yeah, I guess we gotta wait and um we will see. We will see what Nathan is hiding or what made him be missing in action for this whole episode, a few days, whatever. Um, because when Issa, I think it's like a week. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with jail. Let's make a prediction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say jail okay. right now. What's your prediction for next week? You better be in jail. That's about the only thing I could go with. <laughs> Just go somebody like that, or your mama died. That's about it. That's all I. Oh, you know what? This is so like another show. <laughs> I was okay. thinking of that. But back to loving hip hop, uh, Hollywood, right quick. Didn't Nikki say she didn't come to the press conference because her dad was in the emergency room? And wasn't she sitting on the couch with uh old girl watching it? Or was it like a rework? Like were they watching later? Because I was like, Girl, you wasn't at the hospital? I don't know. I think she just didn't want to be there. (laughs) She just didn't want to be there. And to be honest, who really wants to be there after you were just at Akbar's house? Like, girl, I don't, I'm not fooling with this foolishness. I don't want to be there either. But it's easier to say that your dad had uh, (laughs) a health condition. But even old girl wasn't caring about that either because she was like, I was there for you when my. I guess somebody in her family died or was sick and she was there for Nikki. So I don't know. For, um, you know, her to put her, her dad in the hospital. I was like, I don't play with that. Even when I worked a job, when, um, you know, I wanted to smooth <laughs> take off, I would make somebody sick that was already dead. Like, I don't be putting. <laughs> right. My grandfather's in the hospital. Rest in peace. Um, uh, <laughs> right. I'm not the in the hospital and she's alive. Right. No, I don't do that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, honey. But yeah, no. Um. Yeah. So it just reminded me that that's the only thing I could I could forgive Nathan if he gets some something traumatic like that, or you know, yeah, he's locked up. But even when something traumatic like that happens. I just, in the age of texting, like, this is not 1992. Like, right. you know, I was watching old episodes of Family Feud last week, and, you know, they showed the sponsors, and one was, like, this answer machine service where you used to have the actual cassette tapes. And I was talking to my mom, like, can you, I'm not, like, do you remember, well, of course she remembers, but just, like, look how far we've come, um, you know, type situation. But we're not living in those ages anymore. Like, you can make calls. You can text, you can Facebook, DM, and IG, like, you, WhatsApp, you can get in contact with whoever you want to, however you want to, whenever you want to, even if it's just to say, I'm alive. So I really can't fool with people who completely and totally ghost. Like, 
I was just so busy. F you. Like you, you're never that busy. You could at least <laughs> right. say, I don't want to fool with you. Like that, I, I don't like that. I'm so saying, no, if President Obama you get no can pass. call Michelle, you can call and text your I like it. back. I like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So with that, well, another episode i guess we will have to wait and see till next week or the finale hopefully they hopefully they won't make us wait to the finale to figure out this whole nathan business but we will certainly be back next week for another episode of drunk watching in the meantime if you would like to send us any feedback if you would like to sponsor drunk watching if you would like to send us a bottle and some checks please shoot us (laughs) an email at hello drunk watching at gmail.com or slide into our inbox on Twitter and Instagram at Drunk Watching. Um, in the meantime, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and hit us with that five-star review. I'm Brittany Danielle. I'm Andrea Renee. Thanks for listening. Bye.